Hi, I'm Ari. I'm Nick. And I'm in the mood for a new season of Postpone, baby. Welcome. Yes, that's right, everybody. Welcome back to Postpone, the official podcast of Pwn. This is, in fact, the 46th episode of our podcast, and it is the start of season four. Don't you love that new intro we get with season four? That sounded so good. Uh Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, For those of you who are just now joining us for the first time, this is, in fact, a podcast where we talk about movies, and today's movie is none other than the 2000 Hong Kong romance film In the Mood for Love by Wong Kar Wai. However... Before we get to that, I must first ask my co-hosts, Wes, Ari, how are you doing this fine day? Well, this day has been pretty good for me, except that I woke up way later than I anticipated, so I have a lot of more things to do. However, the more things I have to do wow, in Wow, that's really interesting that you woke sleep. up late, because I thought you got a lot of sleep last night. <laughs> yeah, I did. well, the thing is, I, I started this film pretty late or early. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. doing well, Nick, I'm doing well. Uh, you're you're doing well. That's good. That's good. I'm doing well. Um, I was doing well until you sent me these news topics. Okay, the, the first one being that, and I'm not making any of this up. This is a real headline. Reshoots will bring Jared Leto's Joker into Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, get in. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, like, come on. Like, seriously, no one, no one cares about the Snyder cut, and like now. I thought the Snyder Cut was just going to be they, they have all the footage and they just, like, re-edit it to make it four hours long on HBO Max. But now they're, like, filming new stuff? Why? I don't understand. Let a movie die, okay? <laughs> and, like, and this isn't going to fix the movie. Like, it, people didn't see Suicide Squad and they were like, oh, well, you know, that Joker part, that was, that was what, you know, that was what made the movie great. This is beyond saving, I think. Yeah. But, like, of all the ideas to save it, why this? Like, he's not even in the original movie. I can't imagine that he was in the script originally, because they would have shot with him if he was originally supposed to be in the movie. So, like, why so are they just re- why are they retroactively adding this guy? It's not a cut. They're re- they're it's almost like so. Wait, then he is still canonically part of the universe because I thought that was the whole thing with like Harley Quinn is they were trying to like write him out sort of there is no canon who, yeah who fucking knows <laughs> okay. because there's two jokers there's two batmans when they release like, the snyder cut everyone's gonna be asking for the original cut until they reshoot justice league with robert pattinson replacing batman in all the scenes it's not canon yeah if the whole purpose of the snyder cut was that it was the original intended version of the film you can't shoot extra stuff for it. Like, <laughs> exactly. by definition, exactly. it should be shorter or at least, like, mildly different. And also, like, like not... how do they... How do, That means that they're reshooting with the entire cast, right? Because they're not gonna just going to do a shot of, like, Jared Leto having a conversation and it awkwardly the cuts to Wonder Woman talking in. to... Like, yeah. Like, just make a new movie. Well, I guess we'll find out. I mean, just make, like, Justice League 2. I mean, I, I feel like at this point, why? Yeah. Yeah. How, was was the movie completely finished when uh, it was reshot? Like when it when it when Joss Whedon started directing it? No, yeah. I don't think it was completely. No, finished. it was like it was like eighty five percent done though. Like they were pretty maybe, close to finish. But they maybe reshot that a lot of fifteen percent that wasn't done was all Joker stuff. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was Joker scenes. Well, there's maybe no. This I don't even. Vision. Why did they cut him out to begin with? Because like, how strong was public backlash against that version of the Joker? Like why? Why isn't he in that movie? Because 
Zack Snyder didn't write the movie to have the Joker be the villain. The villain is like true, is yeah. not Doomsday, but not, yeah, I don't know. I haven't I seen it. Seppen, Seppenwolf, Slugger. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Why? I mean, who cares? Yeah. I just feel bad for Warner Brothers that they're spending money on this. Like, yeah. Like it shouldn't. It shouldn't cost this much to make a, a director's cut of this movie. Yeah. yeah. In fact, it should cost almost zero. Yeah. Exactly. To release a Snyder cut that was already like made and shot yeah but like clearly this isn't because um i don't know if you guys know about this but it's gonna be four hours long like, i wasn't joking it's gonna be released Wait, in really? one hour it's gonna be released in one hour episodes on each hbo that's what i heard so weird <laughs> so so weird that we should stop talking about it <laughs> speaking you. of feeling bad for warner brothers which is in fact the studio that released tenet i have some more terrible news about theaters from none other than AT&T CEO John Stanky, who is not optimistic, <laughs> uh, who is not optimistic about theaters recovering by 2021. So this oh. is uh, basically just an article where he's saying, um, I, I believe AT&T owns Warner Brothers, doesn't it? AT&T owns HBO, and I believe HBO is owned by the same company that owns Warner Brothers, and because yeah, Justice yeah, yeah. League is being released on there, so by process of elimination and that's true yeah so AT&T owns Warner Brothers um and he is quoted in here as saying I can't tell you that we walked away from the tenant experience saying it was a home run which is definitely true because I was looking at at movies um on IMDb first off tenant has less votes on IMDb than Birds of Prey does and that should say something when like a big (laughs) Christopher Nolan sci-fi film has less votes than that movie that everyone was like what what is this movie i this came uh-huh. out you know that only was out for like a, a few weeks in theaters before the shutdown yeah it it did very well overseas because things are mostly open over there but like la and new york are big markets and those are both shut down mm-hmm. um in fact i believe that new york is the only state that hasn't reopened any theaters at this point so i don't even know if you can see tenet in new york you cannot that sucks. My my people on the ground have informed me. Yeah, oh, uh, we rough. have reporters in the field. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is Shane calling in from uh, <laughs> NYU. Uh, he does say, you know, I'm happy we did it. it. It's not a complete failure, but I really wish that theaters were open everywhere because then, then we could actually determine whether or not it's viable to reopen things. He does also say that the holiday season is the next big checkpoint to see if they're actually going to be able to reopen because obviously especially around christmas and thanksgiving like those are big times for movies um mm-hmm. if people aren't going out on christmas like you know we I might, mean, production we might companies I'm, and production companies i'm pretty sure have all delayed like their big movies like james bond star i don't know if there's a star wars yeah. but james bond all like the marvel movies they've been pushed towards next year so they're they're not faithful in this holiday season at least yeah to be fair, 20, 2021 is only two months away. So it's not like they're saying, oh, we're going to be stuck in this for a year. They're just saying for at least the next two months, theaters mm-hmm. might remain closed. But they're, quote, exploring other options labeled Plan A, Plan B, and Plan C. Plan B, of course, being they're going to artificially inseminate <laughs> new movies. There is no oh. Plan A. There is no Plan A. <laughs> there is no Plan A. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all reference. I have about theaters. Perhaps, Ari, you can give us some good news. Um yeah i guess if you want to consider this good news which i i have no opinion on this news but this news that i have to share with you guys is that 
the article says Fast and Furious Road will end after two more films. So Justin Lin is to direct two more um, films after I think he's in post production of one that's already been filmed. So that's going to end right? the Fast and Furious. Yeah, number nine, and that's going to end the Fast and Furious franchise. Wait, which one which is, is gonna- nine or ten? Nine is currently in post production. Oh, ten. Ten, the one where they go in space. The one called Fast I Ten, your so. seatbelts. <laughs> I've been calling this for years, and they're gonna call uh, it that. I swear. I hope so. I swear. That would be so sad. Yeah, but <laughs> and then they I die mean, high in in a black hole. Twenty years about of Fast and Furious. Yeah, they've been making them for a while. But they're gonna do spinoffs, right? Like the one that I saw with The yeah. Rock. Okay, I mean, of course. Hobbs and Shaw, I mean, it's been so I mean. profitable. Like it's been one of the more highest grossing film like series of all time. That might be just because uh-huh. of how many there are. They they are better than Transformers at least. If yeah. you want mindless action, it's better than that. Yeah. Transformers is garbage. At least. Oh yeah. Yeah, so, like, spinoffs are, they have not, I mean, this doesn't say, like, there will be no spinoffs, of course. However, of the main franchise of Fast and Furious, it's coming to an end. Is Tokyo Drift part of the main timeline, yeah. or is that a spinoff? I'm okay. pretty, no, I think it's a prequel. Is that the third one? Me, who has, yeah, I think it's the third one. Okay. I, I have think, not but I'm seen sure a, a single one of these movies. I've never seen, a, I've only seen Hobbs and Shaw. I've seen Which one, seven, good. and eight. I, w- I will say this is one of the few series that actually gets better as it goes on. I think it gets better as as far as I can tell because it gets more outlandish and that's the good part. Yeah. Like um, Hobbs and Shaw, like it, it's I like, like that they go all in. You know that scene in like uh Winter Soldier or Civil War when like Captain America's holding onto the helicopter as it like runs away? Yeah, they do that in Hobbs and Shaw, except he's like on the fuck <laughs> back of like a fucking truck holding onto a helicopter with cha- tr- with a chain. They've also, like, linked all the, like, trucks together, so they're, like, flying up. And it's like that scene in Mad Max Fury Road when they get sucked up into the storm. I don't know. That insane. sounds absolutely wild. Also, I mean, Idris but has Superman powers in it. Yeah. I mean, is Vin... I mean, Vin Diesel has been in how many movies now? For... Of, of these... Of these of this universe, I guess it's a universe now. He's been in most of them. <laughs> I think after Tokyo Drift, he came back. So he's like the one that ties it together. Is he not in all of them? It's weird because like he's not a draw, is he? He's not a draw. Not I'm like sure the he's Rock a draw or... because he's in them. I guess, but it's like the movie comes out and it's like stars Vin Diesel. I'm like that looks bad. No, but he is Fast and Furious. Yeah, it's it's that's like that's like their little verification sign that yes, this is Fast and Furious. <laughs> uh-huh. There's you know? there's the audience for this, you know, like some some little kids oh, yeah. they like superheroes, some little kids they like cars. So maybe they of, see Vin Diesel, like, they're like, I want to be like him driving a car. Adults who like action and just you know watching mm. this stuff go down. A lot of people like this these films. So what's yeah. next? Need for Speed. I hope so. Uh, they tried doing Speed that, Three. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. Alright, that's all I have to talk about with that, yeah. Okay, well, speaking of movies, Borat 2 is a movie that, uh, it's been released, right? Yeah. Uh, is it? I thought it was 23rd, my bad. Borat's subsequent movie film came out tomorrow. So, came out today. You're hearing it first. Um, (laughs) look, it's tomorrow somewhere else, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, yes. So, on the 23rd of October 2020, this film was released. And in this film, in this film, hot take, we've got we've got like a review copy, so we know what happens in this movie, and I I I'm allowed 
it, in the embargo, I'm allowed to tell you guys one thing that happens in this movie. Yes, yes, Bort has sponsored you, Wesley. <laughs> yes, me, who is big lover of very nice film, Borat. And I'm here to talk to you about a scene in Borat that, uh, you know, a listener actually sent us this news topic. So someone leaked it from the Borat campaign. <laughs> I can only assume it was. These are more from our boys in the field, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. I can only assume this is Bort who leaked this to us. But basically, they go to Rudy Giuliani in the movie and uh there's this woman they go to what rudy giuliani he's in it rudy giuliani oh. the have lawyer you, have for you, trump and have ex-mayor. both of you seen the trailer by now did we talk no. about this on pwn no okay it's it's i it appears to take place during covid yeah covid they go up to mm-hmm. the mayor of the big nyc yeah, yeah, ex-mayor. Former former mayor of the big yes, NYC. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, so a woman who is playing Borat's daughter uh, seduces Rudy Giuliani and goes into a room with him. And then there's they have a hidden camera that films Rudy Giuliani, like, taking off his pants and, like, sticking his hand <laughs> into his underwear. And then, like, immediately as this happens, Borat runs into the room wearing, like, a pink bikini and says, Oh, she's 15. She's too old for you. And, yeah. Um, this is a scene. And now Giuliani has to explain why the, why he did this in a movie. And he said, I, 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 there's a lot of quotes by him in this, but I, I love this one the best. Um, this person comes in yelling and screaming, and I thought this must be a scam or a shakedown, so I reported it to the police. Uh, he then ran away, talking about Borat running in in a pink bikini. And then he says, I only later realized it must have been Sasha Baron Cohen. I thought about all the people he previously fooled, and I felt good about myself because he didn't get me. Um, I this sounds, like it, this sounds like he got fucking got because he's on camera <laughs> like starting to jerk off to this girl who's playing Borat's daughter. Um, so yeah. So he. So this girl. Wait, what? He, <laughs> Look, I'm he just saying you not, gotta watch the movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll watch it. So, but like, he's not associated with this film. Like, he doesn't know anything is happening. So he. Yeah. Like just in real life, got seduced by this person and starts what? Diddling himself, I guess. <laughs> yep. Apparently, also. And then he says he wasn't got after this is all on camera and in a film. <laughs> no, he's, yep. he's proud of it. He's proud of it. <laughs> um, That's wild. This is wild. Apparently, at some point, um, Giuliani is being interviewed by Borat, and he quote agrees uh, to eat a bat with his interviewer. Um, <laughs> he started COVID. <laughs> Who is this man's? Yeah, it's yeah. crazy, you know? Um, Politics I, aside, imagine having to seduce Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Like, you know, I you, hope she got paid well. You guys know I'm, I'm not sure the hugest fan. You guys know I'm not the hugest fan of Borat because I don't like laughing at, like, these, like, super terrible uh, people. But, like, I can laugh at Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's kind of funny, though. <laughs> I know. I'll watch this scene, if anything. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. What a strange man. Yeah. All right. Well, that's almost it for news. I have a bit of a, a bit of an essay, a video essay. Yeah, a tirade in word form, a normal essay. (laughs) I'd like to talk to you boys about Quibi. Do either of you know anything about Quibi? Like, what do do you What do you guys know about it? I know that it's it's short form video content, but like super high budget. So it's like, what if we made blockbuster movies, except they were ten minutes long? I think Ari would love this. Um, there's one, they made, like, one with Kiefer Sutherland, I think. Or, no, no, I don't, I don't even know. They made one with, they made one with Kevin Hart as, um, yes. that movie that we saw. <laughs> about the guy who runs away. Oh. 
It might have been my recommendation. So, the, the fugitive. The fugitive. Oh, the fugitive. T- Kevin Hart is in the fugitive. I believe so on Quibi. I didn't know that. Okay, well, I have a I have a big list of shows that they've made, so I can get Wait. to that. Ari, are you aware of Quibi? Well, now I am. Okay. I think I've seen. I think I've seen. Um, maybe ads of them of it, but it hasn't been really portrayed exactly ads. what it is. So it's high budget quality, ten minutes quote-unquote films yeah the gimmick of it also is that you can watch it vertically on your phone right so they're vertically shots 10 minutes no no no, not vertically shot vertically it's it's shot horizontally but it's designed so that if you turn your phone vertically you could watch it they've like they edit the scene in such a way that you can see everything you need to see. Oh, they're like two edits? Or like, yeah, yeah. is everything just happening within the Everything's middle? Everything's scrunched. Like they <laughs> I, I actually animation. don't know. I, I'm really like, tempted to download it There's the full sets, but like on either sides of this, not the middle. There's just like empty chairs and stuff. Like <laughs> It's possible. So I, I only learned about Quibi recently. It's probably like a month or two ago. Um, and I, I never had any excuse to talk about it on the podcast because it wasn't news at that point. And also, I didn't really feel like watching anything on it, but now I finally have an excuse to. So I'd like to take you boys and the audience on a journey through the uh, tragic tale of Quibi. Oh, okay? so you're not a fan of Quibi. So Quibi is the brainchild of, of former Disney chairman and the guy that founded DreamWorks, Jeffrey Katzenberg. And Mr. Katzenberg is, you know, I, I don't like to use this term, but he's a bit of a boomer. Um, he He is reported in an interview saying i'm a big fan of youtube i'm a big fan of tiktok i thought why not do that but hollywood um okay. that's not what made them successful that's that's like the opposite of what made tiktok and youtube successful. yeah well he basically said it i i like the short form consumption of those things and how well they work with your mobile device and i'm at the point where i don't even use youtube on my phone because the desktop version is so much better i don't yeah, know I why they the comment section but yeah in August of 2018, Quibi was founded, <clears throat> and by the end of the year, they had uh, amassed a $1 billion fund from various sources, including Disney, 21st Century Fox, NBC, Sony, Lionsgate, MGM, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Alibaba, and ITV. Now, you might think that's a very strange collection of companies, and it is, yes. but it just goes to show that this was not one man's deranged fantasy. Everyone thought this was going to work. They all heard what this was and said, yeah, I'll give that money. Mm-hmm. So with their $1 billion, they then went about acquiring as many shows as they could. And by the time that it went live in April of 2020, there were 175 shows that were being made specifically for Quibi, right? That's a lot. When it went live, it was number three on the App Store for, for its first day. By the end of that week, it had fallen out of the top 50. Um, He claims to be disappointed by the app's performance, blaming it on COVID. I don't know how everyone being stuck home would hurt your app. I feel like, if anything, that would definitely help, especially considering how short all the content is, but oh well. Mm, Maybe. I was thinking that maybe, like, if you're at home and you're forced to stay at home all day, that would make you, you know, more inclined to watch full-length typical movies right but like does he think that like people are gonna be like walking to work and just watching i feel like yeah if you're got a 10 minute travel like and you're on the bus or something real cinema is meant to be watched vertically on your phone on the metro on the way to work in the morning like that is what movies are that's the vibe i got from like the pitch you can't hear shit on the subway okay i have my headphones at full blast and i don't even know what song i'm listening to okay um six months 
after launch, on October 21st of 2020, Quibi was announced to be shutting down. Um, literally, this happened yesterday, and this is why I wanted to talk about it. Is, Quibi is shutting is, down. Yeah, officially shut you down. You just got me excited for Quibi. This <laughs> billion-dollar company is shutting down, and I want to talk about what that actually means, because, again, this is not like a failed... Like, this isn't just some TikTok clone that didn't work. This is a high-budget uh, app, right? I actually, there's a, a ring of uh, kids at my school had a bet going as to when, as to when it would shut down. Uh, and the kids that said it would shut down before the end of the year, as you can imagine, were very excited yesterday when, when this was announced. Um, Don't say ring of kids, ever. <laughs> Anyway, fucking QAnon ass. Look at <laughs> uh, I have a selection of Quibi original programming. If you'd like me to go over it, please do. Sure. Let, so... let me, wait, I want to talk. I want to talk about how I just looked up the Fugitive and how it has twenty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes and five point four on IMDb. Oh my god. Okay. Wait. So when you say it's shutting down, does it mean the app is no longer going to be? The app is no longer going to be available. We don't even have a day for when it's disappearing. I'm assuming, like, December 31st, shows, maybe. So all, all those shows going to disappear? Like, like tears, tears and rain. And rain. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. No one knows what's happening. Like, this was announced yesterday. No one knows what's happening to these shows. And that's why I want to talk about them. Because it's like, these are interesting, right? So, obviously, they have a short-form adaptation of The Fugitive, which I only found out recently. I don't think we talked about it when we talked about it on Pwn, but it's based on a true story to an extent. The Fugitive is? Yeah, it's based on a neurosurgeon who's accused of murdering his wife. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. He doesn't escape in real life. He spends 10 years in jail before his sons manage to get him out well, of jail. Well, that would be a lot having... less boring version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that um, movie is slightly different. But yeah, they have The Fugitive. They have uh, I'm the fugitive. 50 States of Fright. <laughs> they have something called 50 States of Fright, which is a horror anthology executive produced by Sam Raimi. It has 24 episodes so far. Each one is like a two-parter, so two individuals... 10 minute segments based on something that happens in one state i guess the idea eventually being that there are a hundred little episodes yeah yeah. um there's the most dangerous game which is an adaptation of the 1924 short story oh my god that was a read for high school yeah it was renewed for a second season i remember that um (laughs) i didn't even know this was on quibi but remember that home movie version of princess bride that was a big idea that was a big deal oh right this is on on Quibi. quibi that was a quibi production yeah oh impressive cast not gonna lie um but well, it's yeah a they had a billion dollars a it's a bit less impressive when you realize it's just a bunch of like guys in their houses like joey king shows up i mean that's all you really need um there is something called game show but game is spelled gay me like gay homosexual Ooh. me <laughs> um according to imdb i still can't even understand what this is it says two straight contestants are paired with a celebrity life partner as they battle head-to-head in physical, mental, and even emotional challenges for the title of Queen of the Straits. So I don't, I don't, I don't understand what, what that means. <laughs> I, but, don't, um, I don't, what? They renewed they... the early 2000s MTV prank show Punked, which is now hosted on Quibi by Chance the Rapper. Oh shit, Punked? Hosted by yeah. Chance? <laughs> uh, what is Punked? It's, it's like an early 2000s MTV prank show, like... Oh, like, you just got early... punked, like... Yeah. Um, season seven of Reno Nine One One is on there. They renewed Reno Nine One One, which is a Comedy oh. Central show. Yeah. Um, they have 
uh, because it's meant to be viewed on your phone, they have a whole gimmick where it's like your daily, you know, I don't even know how to explain this. I don't have a Snapchat, but you know how Snapchat has on the main page, you can like look at news or whatever, and no one does that. Yeah. yeah. Um, they basically have that where every day, uh, each of the 12 horoscopes gets a little video on Quibi where it's like, today's your horoscope, you know? Um, they oh. have a Fandango channel, which every Friday will have like a movie, no, no, it makes movie sense, trailers it's of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. There's a lot of content though. There yeah, is. It's a ton of content. They have a Rotten Tomatoes show um, where it's like Rotten Tomatoes employees are like, this is your weekly watch list. Um, Rachel Hollis has like a, a talk show. Um, they have something called Sexology with Shan Boudram. I don't really know what that is. I don't really want to know. Fair. Um, they have 15 different news programs hosted by BBC, uh, Entertainment News, ESPN, Telemundo, TMZ, Vox, NBC, and CBS. They also have a short-form version of 60 Minutes called 60 and 6, the filming of which single-handedly brought COVID into the CBS recording studio and got the broadcast center in Manhattan shut down. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> Great job. There are plenty of uh, series that were in the works that were announced for future in varying levels like, of production. Like, why would I watch news on here if I can just get news for free on YouTube? Uh, because this is a free app with ads. So it's basically just YouTube, but big and expensive, I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. They saw YouTube and said, normal people making movies? <laughs> Excuse me? And then they just got, <laughs> like, actual companies. Kids don't make movies, too. <laughs> uh, in development, there was a series, uh, like a heist series, uh, starring Ice Cube. Um, they were working on several animated shows. There is a Spanish telenovela in the works. Multiple horror anthologies. Like, we're talking about eight or, eight or nine horror anthologies in the works. One of which is uh, produced by Steven Spielberg called Spielberg's After Dark, which I guess would have just been like Twilight Zone, but short. I say that this one is interesting because it has an extra gimmick. So aside from being on Quibi, uh, meaning you could watch it vertically, it's also only available after sunset in your time zone so after dark you can only watch it after dark Ooh, which spooky. is mildly interesting but i can i can just see steven pitching that in the meeting being like what if it's like actually after dark <laughs> it's probably <laughs> called after dark guys <laughs> like look i have a lot of respect for mr spielberg um, you can only watch this one movies. after you've been framed for killing your but... wife uh... <laughs> Only um, convicts can watch this film. But I think it's really funny that he was shitting on Netflix as, like, not making real movies, and now he's making a Quibi series. <laughs> um, I, this is not directly related to Quibi, but I do think it gives a little bit more insight into the mindset of the people that are uh, sponsoring this. During a video call with employees yesterday... An emotional Mr. Katzenberg suggested Quibi staffers listen to the song Get Back Up Again, sung by actress Anna Kendrick in the animated film Trolls, oh, no. to buoy their spirits. So, what? that's the most corporate bullshit I've Part ever heard in my life. Part of me feels bad for that life. guy. But also, I don't know. That's like some office shit. Like, Michael would like have everyone <laughs> yeah. sit around yeah. and listen to that. Uh, Justin Timberlake song from Trolls to like get everyone's spirits up. Uh-huh. 
Um, so that is the Odyssey uh, that is Quibi. Um, I hope I've sold you guys on this platform, so... Yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's gone now. I don't know when it's going, though. It's You can still, as of this morning at least, you can still get it on the App Store. All hope is not yet lost. And I'm sure... I'm interested to see what they're going to do with these... Because they're so specific to this platform. Like, you can't... Like, HBO's not going to pick up, like, six-minute horror anthologies, right? Uh So I'm wondering if they're going to get put on, like, YouTube or something. No, there's going to be Vine compilations. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they just dumped it all on YouTube and... (laughs) Like, uh, profit off of that. Make them all YouTube series. I mean, they make money. This is... I, I just... It's so fascinating that this existed. And yeah, why are you talking about it earlier? Because I, I just never had an excuse to. That's like, I, I... This is not 60 minutes. I can't just do video essays in a normal episode of Pwn, you know. <laughs> Post-Pwn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's just... It, it's so funny that this is now a chapter of 2020. Like, this is so specific to this year, and that's all it's ever going to be. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, yeah, that's weird. Because I really didn't know that much about it. Yeah. I, you uh, know, yeah, I, I didn't know. until it started shutting down. I do know that one of the shows on there won I guess two Emmys. Uh, at least one of their shows won two Emmys. I, oh, I guess the rest are not acclaimed at all. But I don't know. It's This was a proper thing, you know. Um, okay. Now that we've talked about Quibi, let's talk about our movie, perhaps? Our actual movie, yeah. All right. But not before this episode's sponsor... This episode is sponsored by me. Oh. You guys want like two bucks or something? Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it depends, you know, if how about I'll I'll pay you guys. If this if this episode blows up, I'll give you five. Okay. Four. Final offer. (laughs) Yeah, if this one blows up, I'll give you four. Three. Alright, have your Venmos open, pals. You drive a this hard episode, w- this, this episode was sponsored by... Uh, Wait a second, me. are we signing over all the monetization rights for this episode to you? Uh, <laughs> like, what if this episode makes a hundred bucks and he's just like, Yo, here's your three dollars. Uh... Yeah, from our sponsor. Shit. Alright, so, I mean, um, this movie. That. Yeah. Um, alright, so... I recommended this film. This is my movie. I made this, actually. Oh, okay. Um... This was a movie that I wanted to recommend because it's I like it. It's good. Um, I first saw it in January of this year in my film club. There's a weird cult-like mentality around this film in that club. They are obsessed with this movie, and I'm not quite sure why. Good as it is, it's not a cult film. I'm talking like they have posters of it on the wall. They always say, that's just such a good movie. It's multiple members of the club's favorite film, and I'm not quite sure how that's happening. But... I I liked the movie, you know, I think uh, I enjoyed it when I watched it. I enjoyed it when I watched it last night. Um, and I thought, hey, it's been a while since I've recommended an art film, I think. Um, let's Have you just ever? do that again. Fitzcarraldo, maybe. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Batman the movie, art. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've recommended like a... What counts as an art film? I think this counts as an art film. No, but like, uh, what, where's the line? The the line, I'd say, in art film is... It's hard to define. I think it's specifically made by an auteur. It's got to be something that is largely a singular person's vision. And that's okay. not, like... 
movies that are popular can be art films, you know. Um, like what about the yeah. prestigious like ones like um, what's the one with the zone, the Russian one? Like Stalker is an art film. Stalker is an art film. Okay. I'd even go so far as to say that like uh, Paprika is probably definitely. If it's supposed to be one film. person's vision, would Snyder cuts be an art film? <laughs> That's a shart film, Ari. Uh, <laughs> oh, you walked right into that one. Yeah, yeah a little bit. That's pretty so good. So I decided to recommend this just because, you know, it's good. It is a 2000 film, often considered to be one of the greatest films of the 21st century. In fact, it placed number two in a BBC poll. If you'd like, I can tell you the other members of that poll really quickly. Cause it all, is, all of it is number one. Uh, Mulholland Drive is actually number one. Really? Um, yeah. A BBC poll of 177 <clears throat> film critics. Uh, so the top 10, No Country for Old Men, A Separation by that guy that was supposed to get an Oscar but was denied entry to the country, Yi Yi, which is also a Taiwanese film, Tree of Life, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is by our boy Charlie Kaufman, uh, Boyhood, which is the shittiest film ever made, possibly, um, Spirited Away, There Will Be Blood, In the Mood for Love, and Mulholland Drive. Spirit of Why that new? Yeah, Spirit of Why is 2001. Yeah. Oh. But that's a weird list. It is an interesting I'm not gonna very lie. odd list. No so Country for Old Men, number one. The list, there are other movies that, like... Uh, oh, wait, or did, the, you start from, did you start from the start from the bottom? Okay, I was going to say, No Country for Old Men is not the best movie of that. Yeah. Era. No Country no. for Old Men is number good. Number one was Mulholland Drive, you said. But, like, Pan's yes. Labyrinth is in there. Um, Mad Max Fury Road is in there. Grand Budapest, Memento, uh, Children of Men. Like, there are other movies that we like. Wally's on there. It's the highest rated uh, Pixar film on the list. Um, Wally's good. Yeah. I think Ratatouille is on the list, too. Don't worry, Wes. Okay, okay. Uh, hey, your boy. But yeah, this has nothing Ready. to do with the movie. I don't know why I brought it up. I just Correct. wanted to give context. Um, do we. Do I, I give the brief synopsis before? Yes. Okay. So, no spoilers. No For those who do not know what this movie is, there are two neighbors, um, or I guess I should say two couples move in next to each other in an apartment block in Hong Kong, and uh, they're, both of their significant others end up having affairs, and they kind of bond through finding that out. That's what this movie's about. I don't think that's a spoiler. I think that's just what the movie is. Mm-hmm. I've already said what I think. I think it's good. I think it's very well directed. It looks good. The acting is great. Actually... The, the the woman in the movie is the uh, girlfriend of the gangster from Police Story. This is a oh, returning actress. Okay. Um, she's good in this. The guy is good in this. Uh, the supporting characters are all fun. I think it's got a good soundtrack, and I really like the story that it tells, or at least the way that it tells the story, I think, is interesting. Um, it is a bit hard to follow at points, especially if you haven't seen it before. I'd imagine that there will be some confusion when we talk about it. But I do think that this is this is a good movie. I think this is how romance stories, uh, at least artsy-fartsy ones, should be told. So I'm interested to see what y'all think. This might be another Rashomon where I just have to sit here and explain why this movie's good to two people that hate it. But Okay. Well, I'll go next. Um, it's interesting that you bring up Rashomon because I was getting Rashomon vibes from like certain aspects of the story in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you know, we'll talk about that. But I actually, yeah, this movie I thought it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, uh, 
it's pretty it's pretty artsy it's it's pretty artsy bro um but it's not like annoyingly so i guess Uh it's like you know it does an interesting thing maybe i don't maybe i don't love everything it does all the time but it, it has a vision and it has a very unique style there's some interesting shots there you know this, this camera work is very deliberate in this movie um, and everything does feel very deliberate i like it when the story gets kind of rashomani in the middle when like you're not really sure um who who the characters are it feels like david lynch but like very like light it doesn't actually get crazy but it's like you're like hmm is this I've actually person... tricked Wes into liking a slice of life film here. Uh... Oh, uh, yeah, and then um, except and... he likes them all, but doesn't realize. Yeah, exactly. That um, is only one he doesn't like, but. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I'd say the acting is good. I'd say emotionally, didn't really hit me with the feels as I think it expect as it wanted to, as much as it wanted mm-hmm. to. Um, but you know, on the whole, well made movie, visually interesting, and. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Ari, tell us about this film that you did not sleep through. Okay, so I was very tired while watching this movie. Things when I started this movie, I wasn't the most tired. Uh-huh. But I feel like the movie kind of made me tired. Okay. In a way. Okay, so starting off this movie, it's... I'm not going to get into specific crit- criticisms, but I thought it was relatively boring. It is a romantic movie, and a lot of times, you know... Romantic dramas, I guess what you call it, can be boring at times. Mm-hmm. However, there's a lot of confusing elements that they tried. You know, they talked about, like, David Lynch-esque, you know, elements of the, the film. And that didn't serve to, like, inspire, uh, like, curiosity from me. That just made me angrily confused. <laughs> not, not angrily confused, sleepy confused. Like, why am I even trying for this film? <laughs> and at a certain point, like, I... I don't I don't I don't think I fell asleep you during this film. Out. However, I was I was zoning at towards the end. Uh-huh. Yeah, so but like I there are good like a lot of good aspects to this film. I don't think it's a bad film. If I watched it, you know, in the morning with caffeine, I'm sure I would have some different opinions. However, yeah. like I don't I don't think this film is crazy special. And maybe once you explain to me all the intricacies of what makes it good and special, I can change some of those opinions. However, mm-hmm. you know, Upon watching it, it would just felt weird, but not weird enough to where it takes me out of the boredom of things lack from ha- like of nothing happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree uh, to some extent with the zoning out part that like towards the end, I'd say kind of like when when their relationship starts mounting for me was kind of like eh, like it's getting a little repetitive. I feel, um, but I I think that this movie is just all about the visuals. <laughs> They love, they love, they love a, they love a shot from behind the, 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 the cupboard or through yeah. a mirror. So many mirror shots. In, in Ari's defense, this is probably maybe behind Stalker, the slowest film we've ever done on the podcast. It, Which is it, weird because it's not long at it's all. It's not long at all, but I remember now vaguely why I thought, yeah, let's not recommend this yeah, to it Ari. It feels long though. Moment. That's the thing. It's the longest 98 minutes ever, possibly. Um, but I don't know. I, I managed, I was actually proud of myself when I like watched this all like paying attention the entire way. I'm like, Hey, I did it. I watched a very slow movie, hey. especially cause like stalker is like genuinely fascinating to watch. Like, even though that's slow and long, it's like, I need to understand what's happening with this. It's like, 
okay, I get what's happening, but I'm still, I'm trying to watch it for the filmmaking this time, and I, I very much appreciated the way this movie was made. So why don't we get into mm-hmm. the synopsis so I can get in some criticisms. Alrighty. But I can do a pretty quick synopsis, actually, because it's not Please that do. complicated of a film at all. Um, yeah. So if you have not seen the film and you don't want to have it spoiled, bye-bye. Uh, go skip this bye part bye. of the podcast. In, in, Spoiler. in classic Hong Kong fashion. Bye-bye. 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 Yeah. Um, so this is a movie, uh, set, I think, in 1962. It's definitely set in, like... At the beginning. Yeah, it's, it's set somewhere in, in, like, the 50s or 60s of it's Hong six, Kong. It is 62, it is 62. Okay, okay. So, um, there are two neighbors, right? There's Mrs. Chan and Mr. Chow, right? They move in next to each other with their respective spouses. Uh, we never see their spouses in the film. Uh, and I think that's the first thing that's confusing. You when see you the watch back the of first time. Mr. Chow's wife. You see, you see mm-hmm. both of their backsides at least once. There's yes. a scene where they're playing the the gambling game where you see his backside, and you see the backside of of Mrs. Chow at least a couple times. Um, they move in next to each other. They don't really re- interact that much, but we slowly begin to realize that their spouses have uh, begun an affair. Right, so there's a scene where finally Chow and Mrs. Chan meet, and they're both like, "Hey, that's a nice tie. Where'd you get it? My husband has one just like it. That's a nice purse. My wife has one just like it. Ah, shit, uh, something's going on here." Uh-huh. Right? Okay, that's and... confused. That part was extremely confusing to me. Yeah. How are those implications? So how did those things imply the affairs? Well, also that that the um the spouses lied about where they got it from. Like, yeah. the husband said he got it from his boss or something, and, like, the wife said she got it from her boss or something. I don't know. Uh, like, but, yeah, because I was... They both since say... they're not in the movie, I thought those, like, the mistrust was happening between the two protagonists. Oh, no. Like, they I, I were lying it. to each other. Nah, they're, they're both realizing that their spouses are at least lying to them, and they say, look, my husband said so that this guy is only they found... Are... He no. The implication is that their spouses are cheating with each other. Yeah. So they're like their both spouses are cheating on each other, like yeah. with their spouse. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Okay. their neighbors are cheating with each other. Yeah, and, right. And like I feel, I don't know. For me, I was able to figure that out because it's like there's such a big emphasis on how Mr. Chow's wife is always late home, even though she leaves work early, but she lies yeah. and says that she's gonna that's, be staying. That's that's the big one is yeah. when Mr. Chow goes to pick her up uh-huh. after she says I'm working late tonight and. He's like, oh, yeah. she left like an hour And also, ago. like, his old weird friend, like, says, like, oh, your wife was with someone, with a guy late. Uh-huh. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, probably just a friend. Yeah. So this is where the movie gets, I guess, somehow even more confusing. Because they do something that only really makes sense in an art film. I don't think this is a thing that would happen in real life. This is but so they <laughs> they kind of become fascinated with understanding how their spouses fell in love with each other i guess i don't even know if there is love there it might just be like an affair i don't want to say platonic but it's definitely just adultery they they say like how did they meet and they start like trying to act out how Mm -hmm. they would have interacted so they'll rehearse a scene where it's like how did they meet in the alleyway what would they what would they do when they went to get dinner right because as much as it's a romantic drama if you really think about it they never kiss. It's never really implied that they do anything. Mm-hmm. Like it is a romantic drama with basically they read no comic books together. romance. Yeah, and drink Capri Sun. 
It's, okay. it's a story so of two people falling in love and not doing anything about it. I see, think. this is also an aspect of why I thought I missed some of the film. Yeah. Because I'm like, you did wanted, I miss you the wanted part? them to do the nasty. I, yeah. Did I miss the part where they actually like, fully officially got together? They never do. Out? That's the thing. They do end up in a hotel room together at one point, but nothing well, comes yeah. of it. Yeah. But like, you know what I meant. And then she leaves yeah. her, her slippers under his bed and then picks them up at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, I don't think I missed any of this film. I think about it. No, no, I think no, 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 no. it you just didn't. feels yeah. like I missed it. Yeah, no, it's it's also mean. cut in a very interesting. Like the way it's edited is kind of fascinating because it's constantly switching, like days, and it, it's doing something where it seems yeah. will just kind of end abruptly, and it'll be a different day. Are we done with the synopsis now? Uh, I I'm. It's like a loose synopsis. I, I can just, finish up, I guess. But what, finish Wes. I was just gonna say that there's like specifically there's this one scene earlier on where she like she's in the room with him and then she walks out and then like as she walks out it like cuts to a new day and like she walks yeah to, like into a different room. Um, yeah. So you gotta pay attention to the clothes. Yeah, uh, the clothes are big. Factor I, I do like I do like changing, the, which I, I do like how it temporally kind of plays around at the. You know, like yeah. throughout the movie, and I and you know me, I I, I always like a repeat scene. Um, yeah. So I like the scene in the alleyway when they're like, no, 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 that's not what happened. And then... That confused me so much. Well, I, I I I I thought I think to me the most interesting parts for me of this movie, and that's why I kind of said that I didn't like it as much when they actually started falling in love. The the interesting parts is when you can't tell like if they're pretending to be their spouses or if they're actually because there's a few parts where it jokes around with you it's on the nose but it's like yeah. you think it's one you think that they're like being themselves but then they say something that oh they're actually acting as their spouses or like vice versa i do think there is one scene that really works with like the romantic plot at least when she when they're rehearsing how she's going to confront her husband about it and she says are you seeing like, at first it's hidden, so we don't necessarily realize that it's her neighbor. Mm-hmm. So she's like, have you been, uh, do you have a mistress? And then she, like, sort of lightly slaps him when he admits to it. Yeah. And it cuts to it cuts to Mr. Chow, and he's just like, that's it? That's all you're going to do when he says it? Uh-huh. And she just goes, I didn't expect him to admit it so easily. I think, I, this is not a funny movie, but that line made me laugh so hard, because she's so yeah, into was, it. That was funny, Yeah. She definitely is taking this role playing pretty seriously, and more than him. That's funny. And then the next thing that happens mm-hmm. is when he says yes, and she starts crying, and she says, "I didn't expect it to hurt so much." Mm-hmm. Right. When they literally do the same exact interaction, even though she's rehearsing with him and they're not having an affair, she's theoretically confronting her husband. Like she reacts upset when he, when this neighbor is the one saying it. You know. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that all the romantic stuff is very subtle. But eventually they end up deciding, like, they can't they can't do this anymore, right? Because they and, don't want to be just like their spouses. Yeah, and uh, Mr. Chow ends up getting a job in Singapore, right? And one last time tries to invite her to this hotel room. I believe the hotel room number is 2046. And I know this because that is the name of the sequel to this movie. Um, but... Uh, she doesn't go at first. She kind of ignores him, and by the time she finally gets there, he's gone, right? Then we jump into the future. For some reason, there's, like, newsreel footage of Charles de Gaulle landing in Singapore. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what, what that's happened. all about. Um, I forgot about the weird prologues of this movie, but we cut to Singapore, and uh, now Mrs. Chan is in Singapore and visits his apartment. 
Um, he figures out that someone was there because there's like a, a cigarette that doesn't belong. He's worried that something had been stolen and it is the slippers, right? Because he's looking for something and says something was taken. It's and then, the slippers. And then it shows her in the room. So that's like shown to you backwards chronologically, yeah. <laughs> I guess. That's interesting. And so then weird. three years after that, she uh, she visits her landlady. Mm-hmm. And she asks whether the apartment is available for her to rent, right? She's like, I want to live here. And she looks out the window and sees something, right? Um, Then, sometime later, Mr. Chow goes to his his old landlords and says, hey, I'm here to give a gift, but they've already moved away. So he gives the gift to the guy that lives there now. And he asks about the people living next door. And the guy's like, oh, no, some new woman and her son have moved in, right? And he looks out the window for a long time at something we don't see, and he smiles, and he walks away from the window. And then we find out that it is her with her her son. Um, then it cuts to Cambodia, and he's in, like, this... T- this whole scene is incredible, because it, it's so gorgeous, and I don't know why it's in the movie. But at some point earlier, he's he whispers into the Ping, hole! No, but he was telling his friend Ping, when people have a secret... They used to whisper it into the bark of a tree and then yeah. cover it in mud. And so he Except decides to go to Angkor Wat. In, and like... Yeah, he, he's at Angkor Wat and he whispers into just a hole in the side of like a Cambodian monastery uh-huh. and then covers it with... And this scene, gorgeous, fantastic, beautiful. What's his secret though? Like, is it the movie? You know, is it what we just saw? Was that his secret all along? But we can talk about that. Um... I'm realizing now as I say this, I actually really like this movie. I think I like it more than I thought I did. Okay, I'm this movie makes remembering no that there's some good stuff. It doesn't, did you say it doesn't make sense? No. I think it makes sense. It's hard to follow. I will give you that. And I don't know how much of that is language barrier and how much of that is... Okay, one thing about that is the subtitles are super fast. They are pretty fast. They can be. Especially oh, yeah, for, the fast opening, language. for the opening bit because like... There's like a paragraph, but they just translate it like line by line. So oh, dude, I, I, I don't know what this, cause you guys watched it on HBO, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know what the subtitles were like there. I watched it on Criterion. I love it's the, the opening credits. It's the same version. How, the opening credits are so fast cause it's just this bright red background with white mm. text on it. I and like that too. And each name shows that for like happy. a second. You know, um, I thought that was great. I did too. Um, but the subtitles weren't fast because of the fast language because they disappear before the next thing is being said. Really? Yeah, it's just a fast. It was just it was hard because a few times I had to go back. No, no, like, no I'm okay, pretty sure the HBO, ver- the HBO version is the Criterion version because it had the Criterion logo at the beginning. But does it, it have? What were the? What did the subtitles look like? Yeah, no, we we all saw the same. Maybe version. it is the same. Okay, Ari just, just can't read. <laughs> no, 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 I agree. I agree. No, you I know, do think they went fast, quickly. but I I didn't think it was a problem. I was able to, you know, like sometimes they'd say a line, and this is just like a, a subtitle. This is this is just a general movie thing for me. Sometimes they say yeah. a line, and I'm just like, what they just say? But that's yeah. like that's like me in real life. Okay, so <laughs> I'm really bad with names in foreign films. Especially if oh, they I, don't I was say actually, it I was times. much better with names in this one than I expected. I feel like I'm pretty good with them in foreign films. The names were difficult for me. But you got Chan, Chow, Ku, and Sway. And there's also Ping. Ah, Ping. Mm-hmm. There's not a ton of people in this one, so it's easy to follow name-wise. And also, most of the characters other than them don't matter. But, yeah, I think... Uh, where do we want to start with this? Do we want to talk about, like, themes or what? Sure. I want to mention something about the music. Okay. okay. The music was good. 
Yeah. But I found usually I don't use notes music, but I was annoyed by this music. Interesting. Because it, it is was very repetitive. Very repetitive. Wait, like the like the classical song that gets repeated, or like the diegetic like sixties music. It's uh, it's it's the song I heard a lot. There's one song I heard like four different okay. times. Yeah, the least. Nat King Cole song. I think. I don't know. You thought it was repetitive? I, I think it's because there's such a lack of mu- music in this movie, and that's why you notice it more. Like, most Maybe. scenes don't have music, and then it'll just cut to a scene that has music. I really like the romance theme in this. Um, yeah. I like it a lot. It is incredibly repetitive, and that is obviously by design, but it is somewhat distracting. But I don't know. It worked for me. Like, when that music started playing, I almost got like, oh, shit, here we go. We're going to watch a montage of them falling we're in gonna, love. We're going to watch her walk through some red curtains. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the actual title of the film, In the Mood for Love, comes from a song by Roxy Music, I think, like a Brian Ferry song, which is called I'm in the Mood for Love. It's not in the film, but it's on the soundtrack for it. Um, I don't know why. Why is it on the soundtrack? Really <laughs> why did he pick that? It's not even in the film, so like I don't know. Uh huh. I don't know why he he went with that. I it does say a lot of his previous titles for his films had come from pop songs, so maybe he just likes picking pop music to be the title. Yeah. I guess for a song called in the sort of movie called in the mood for love, not as spicy as you might think. <laughs> Very well, unspicy. they're just in the mood for it, Ari. They're not actually yeah. there yet. I want to talk about how, like, now that I'm really thinking about it, yes, it's obviously a romantic drama. Like, what else could you describe this as? But there's n- next to no, like, they have a deep emotional connection by the end, but they never kiss. They never do anything <laughs> really more than hug. It's more art. It's deeper than, than that. Than it's like, it's, a like genre. Repressed, it's like repressed love, you know, because here's the thing. We don't even see their spouses, so it's hard to say anything definitive about them. But I think there's a good chance that it's just, like, an adulterous affair, right? They're just there for the fuck, right? Mm -hmm. But in the process of trying to understand why their spouses would be having this completely, like, non-romantic affair, they end up falling in love, and they're repressing that genuine love, not just, like, sexual attraction, but, like, genuine affection... They're repressing it because they don't want to be like their spouses. They're saying, I swore I wouldn't do what he did, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's fascinating that this movie about two people being cheated on just for the sake of sex end up falling in love romantically and never do anything. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, like, interesting. I think they, they, like, they, when they imagine their spouses falling in love, though, it's kind of romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not so much when you're just walking down the street and you're like, hey, t- t- touches his dick. Like, but like when they're at the restaurant and, you know, they're like, ooh, order what he would order is like, order what she would order. Um, yeah. You yeah. Know. Your wife likes a hot dish. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Uh, Dude, that steak was like raw. Did you see how red it was? It was pretty red. Yeah. It's the, that it's thing the was art still bleeding. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, okay, for the first like 20 minutes at least, not a single scene was more than like thirty seconds. It it does feel pretty fast it was, at the beginning, is it? It cut. The thing is, like, it's slow because nothing happens in all their all the scenes. It just cuts between a bunch of different times and places. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't stick on anything for too long, but still, it felt like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. It was super sporadic. 
It is. And I, I think that's another one of these film's strong suits is if you... Like, I can imagine books that are like this. I think right? it's funny. Ari, Ari says something he doesn't like about it, and then Nick's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I really like about this movie. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's it's true. I mean, like, I I think that the fact it can convey so much so quickly works well, because, like, this feels like a thing that could have been, like, I'm thinking of Rebecca, the film Rebecca, right? Very complicated plot about love and stuff it's not similar to this movie at all but i'm saying that movies that are romantic dramas tend to be really complicated lots of long scenes of people like explaining their emotions and being like oh i i can't uh be with my love you know and this movie 98 minutes long incredibly fast for the first 20 minutes not even fast just like uh, rapid i would say it feels fast to me yeah and and it's just it it manages to tell a very complicated love story in a very brief amount of time. Right? I don't think it's and a very complicated love story. I don't mean complicated plot-wise. I mean complicated in real life. If you imagine people okay. having these complex emotions, that would be something that's difficult to explain, right? Yeah. But then again, I feel like it wasn't really well explained to me. Like, why are they pretending to be their spouses? Why did that? How did that start and why did that continue a thing? Continually be a thing. It's because you know they they want they wanted to know how their spouses met and what they wanted because they weren't in love before that so they wanted to be like how how did this happen like yeah how, how did this it come to this and then in the course of doing that they did fall in love yeah it's and a very it's a very actorly movie you know it is it's, it's so weird also I feel like aside from that specific things like the things they say in that regard. I feel like a lot of the dialogue doesn't make sense, like, just in general. Like, when pe- people just say really weird things. They that might do, be translation error. I don't think it's translation be. error. I think that's artsy writing. You know? it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very hard to say when watch because a, a lot of the films that film people watch that are foreign, obviously they're watching them because they're... Uh, fancy art films and they're important to film history movies like this are not what most hong kong films are like most hong kong films are like uh snow patrol 2 or detectives of hong kong like they're they're fun but they're definitely it it gets to the point where it becomes complicated a because it's foreign and then on top of that it's also like an art film Mm -hmm. so it's very hard to follow sometimes and i you know maybe if i spoke cantonese i would have understood it better but i feel like it's still flowery dialogue just for the sake of being like ooh, art you know i mean i feel like we've watched a few artistic films before and that has not been something to irritate me a lot like of course moholland i loved and that's an art film but moholland has very very weird dialogue it does but thing is that's it's it commits to being david lynch film like it it's it's a puzzle. Mm-hmm. The thing is, this isn't a well, puzzle. Let's talk. This let's, is let's just weird. I, I, I feel like, to me at least, this film is a little bit less about the content and more about the form. Um, mm-hmm. So if like if we can talk about that for a second, I think that like the way it's filmed, like the camera is shot in such a way that you feel like you're not supposed to be watching this because you're always like. You're behind like curtains or something, or like looking at them through a mirror. It looks like it, like, oh, like you, far away through a door or something. Yeah, it's like it's never head on or like very rarely head on, and so it makes you know the viewer feel like 
this is kind of not allowed, kind of like their relationship, which is not allowed. So I think the film, the, I, I think the camera work does a lot of, um, uh, it draws a lot of attention to itself, which I don't know how I feel about that, but it does achieve what it wants it to. And that is that the viewer, you know, it simulates you like having this like repressed love that is forbidden. Mm-hmm. It's very claustrophobically shot. A lot of scenes yes. with the two of them, there's like big things taking up a lot of the screen mm-hmm. or they'll be opposite sides of each other looking into like mirrors. There's there's very few singular shots of two people facing each other, right? Yeah. Um, Even most of the conversations are like through a doorway and you only see one of them talking. Yeah. I think the most obvious visual symbolism is like there are a couple shots when they're on the street talking and there are literal bars blocking most of the frame. Like they're mm-hmm. like they're stuck, you know, they're imprisoned. Yeah. Visually, like it's I I think this film is like gorgeous. It's not got like a ton of flash to it for the most part. Um a lot of it does take place in like a shitty tight corridor. Um which is especially confusing in the beginning when it's bouncing back and forth between angles of that corridor. It's like what's what is even happening? This place is amazing. Yeah, it's like sometimes like her room is closer to the camera, sometimes it's further away. It's very Yeah. But as the movie goes on, there's these... Any scene where Mr. Chow is smoking is just, like, the most gorgeous shot ever put on film, you know? There's <laughs> they so did much, like, like their smoke. There's so much smoke hanging in the air. There's, like, the blowing red curtains in the hotel. Like, what even is that place? That just, No place looks like that. That's too good. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of, like, uh, moments where there's multiple mirrors in frame and... I, there's a lot of good stuff visually, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. Do from you, a, yeah. I was just say, do you not agree though that it sometimes feels like it's trying to shove it in your face, like, ooh, look at this is an interesting camera angle. Like, I don't know. Maybe this is just a problem with me in like art movies in general. Is it's like I like what it's trying to do, but I also think that it's hitting me over the head. I have a bit. slightly but noticed that. Yeah. Maybe, but I I don't think it has to be subtle. You know, uh-huh. especially if it is going to be so short, it's got to say, hey, look at this. This is saying something, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and if the dialogue's going to be weird, I, I'm i happy that the visuals call attention to themselves because it's easier to follow what you're looking at than what you're hearing when For you sure. can't understand what you're hearing, you know. Um, but yeah, that is that is just a problem of m- movies in general. But, you know, the camera is a tool. You you can That's use correct. the tool. That's correct. Movies don't have to suspend disbelief necessarily. You can watch a movie and it can remind you this is a film and you can still get something out of it. One thing that is interesting also about the camera work is that I noticed it's a very like two dimensional film. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas like the shots are all straight, like all the lines are straight in the like even when they're having dinner, it's like it's only from like a profile view pretty much. Um, That's interesting. It's like it's like one of those like old silent movies that only had one frame. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, he he's making a little manga in there, isn't he? He's drawing a little comic yeah. book. It maybe maybe it looks like a comic book. I don't know. I don't know what nineteen sixties uh, Hong Kong comic books look like. So, I this is a period in which this director lived. So there's yeah. they went through a great deal of effort to make it look like nineteen sixties Hong Kong. Like, they rebuilt sets from his childhood. They had to, like, go to specific places that hadn't been 
uh, remodeled in years and stuff to get it to look like that. I I don't know if they did a good job because I haven't lived in those places either, but it's really I'm cool sure when they can make sure something, you know, like this is not a wealthy situation for these people. I mean, they're dressed nice. However, they don't live in wealthy looking apartments or like because they go down on this street that doesn't look very well taken care of. But mm-hmm. they still make something that's, you know, stereotypically something that's ugly and gross and make it into a, you know, it looks gorgeous to look at. Yeah. You know? It makes me wish I, I lived in Hong Kong in this period of time, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I want, I want to hear more from Ari. I feel like we're not fully understanding his opinion necessarily. What do you, what, what are things that you like about the movie or don't like? I don't, you know, I'm not trying to force you to like it, but. I mean, things I like about the movie, I mean, it is a pretty film and it does some cool things. Like, yes, a lot of the, um, the motion is fed to you via the way it's portrayed with the camera, music, lack thereof, and also acting, you know, and like less plot reliant, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they, they do that well. However, when I'm watching a movie, I'm trying to fit the pieces together. And it's you, you can't do that very well with yeah. some kind of arts films like this. Like, when people make a dumb decision, like, when they start doing, like, they pretend to be their spouses for some reason, like, when you're watching this movie, you're supposed to think about how that reflects upon the remote, their emotions, which, you know, it builds upon the really nice, complex, like, layers that this film is trying to create for you. However, yeah. when I watch it, I just see that as something that's dumb and would not happen. And, you know... I'm I'm a fairly plot-oriented guy sometimes when it comes to these films. Mm-hmm. You know, I like when the uh, the emotion can be brought on by the characters, but, like, what happens, the, like, the plot should be relatively logical. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's just, it's just hard, especially when it's so sporadic. And, like, it feels like... It, it gives me weird emotions, like, while trying to put together a film where nothing happens, yet so much is going on in, in the way that, you know so much time passes and so much different dialogue happens and you know it's also playing in some cool gimmicks as things happen and mm-hmm. even so like if i had to explain the plots all that i could say is we were introduced to these two people and they've maybe met once mm-hmm. yeah so you know it's, it's difficult to watch for me personally mm-hmm. if, if that what i'm saying kind of makes sense like i i understand why it would be like it was it it's 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 very slow yeah this you know? is like the opposite of a christopher nolan film that we watched two of yeah you know? those <laughs> are is. heavily plot driven and a lot of you know and like this movie is not about it, it, this movie is an emotion and it's that's all pretty much all it is mm-hmm. it's trying almost to poetic yeah yeah does this movie do emotion better than christopher nolan yes um I mean, I, yeah. But I don't think he does it amazingly is, well, though. In my opinion, Christopher Nolan doesn't really do emotion. He just hires actors who do it for him. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. It's not his job to do it. It's interesting, though, for this yeah. one, though, because I've read a but few... But for the movies he makes, um, it, like, I mean, it's not the worst thing, you know? Like, it, he, if you're doing complex movies like he does with, you know, the types of genres he does, I don't think that's a too heavy criticism to make of him. But yeah. sorry, continue, Wes. Oh, I was going to say that I, I read a few reviews for this, and like one of them was like, I was bawling at the end of this movie when he when he whispers into the hole. I don't know. I wasn't. But what? Yeah, this one reviewer was. 
Oh, the whole I, when it said Cambodia, you know, the, the entire scene, I was confused <laughs> about why Cambodia. What's happening? I I adore the ending of this movie, and I really don't know why. It's just, it just it comes so out of left. It makes sense in the context, I guess. But like, why does he go there? You know, why isn't it a tree in Hong Kong? But yeah, maybe if they had like if they had talked about it's it not earlier a tree, in the movie. Though. It's if, some random building. Maybe if, like, earlier in the movie, they the like, the two neighbors had, like, been like, oh, I love Acre Watt, and then, like, that's why he goes there. But and also, I forgot about, like, at that point, it's just, I think it's one, like, piece of dialogue that mentions this, you know, why he would do that. Like, mm-hmm. if you're if you're slacking on the subtitles to show quick at <laughs> that moment, this makes zero sense. I guess, yeah. Absolutely zero. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm I'm trying to determine if there is any uh, story reason for it to be Angkor Wat, but it might it might literally it. just be yeah. It might be like uh, I feel like, like sometimes directors reason, I don't know see things that are really pretty in the real world and they need they don't sometimes they make an excuse and sometimes they don't. Oh, to I do that. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing a shootout in the back bay uh it's gonna look uh, like nam <laughs> um yeah I, I feel like that's what um um secret life of walter media did why are they in iceland and greenland that's I don't know, every but adam gorgeous. sandler movie did yeah <laughs> yeah except they don't they do that to have fun not to make it yeah. look pretty well I've, I've been to anchor while before it's pretty it's pretty cool i i'd imagine it looks nice uh, can you just like go up into the temples like that yeah, most of them, I think. Hey! Or, yeah. I don't know, actually, I don't know if you can go into them. You can, like, go around did them. you whisper into a building or tree and cover it up with mud? Yeah, what secret did you leave in Angkor Wat, Wes? Um, uh... My firstborn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you left him. Or... Um, I, on, on the emotion thing, I do think maybe if you have a spouse emotionally this resonates more like i don't or if you have you a neighbor to have uh, yeah uh <laughs> if you have a, a hot neighbor who's uh husband <laughs> hot single near you, you. <laughs> um this is the closest a hot single could be but just not single so <laughs> uh-huh. um maybe like i don't think you have to have had an experience for it to resonate with you right yeah. i i watch a holocaust movie and i feel sad I was not in that event, right? Um, I don't know why that's what I went to, of all examples. I mean, but it makes sense, though. Yeah, like, I, you know, you I don't have, have to have relates immediately and directly to parts of the plots to get the yeah. emotion from it. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that there, you know, um, there are movies that I know work better if you have kids, because like I know there are movies where a lot of people have said As a like. Father. Yeah, not until I had kids did I understand really what this movie was saying, you know. Didn't understand so, fully Shark understand Tale. Silver Spoon song until you're a dad. Yeah. Yeah, things like that, I guess. <laughs> and then um the Cast in the Cradle, is that what it was the thing's called? Cast in the Cradle is the, the father song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Um maybe this movie works better if you've been cheated on. Who knows? I don't mm-hmm. know. Um but I don't know. I just think it's a very interesting story about two people who get cheated on and then fall in love despite their insistence on not falling in love. Oh, <laughs> you, you know what? Is... Ari, you don't have to be so sad. 
Or I'm just messing. Oh. I'm just. I'm just I'm, Dude, I didn't is mean to like... cheat on you, Ari. I'm sorry. We only <laughs> had Joey one time, I swear. <laughs> Do you guys think there's any like thematic significance to the landlords dying? Do they die or do they just move away? Oh, maybe they move away. I don't remember. It, they could also just go away. Um, I was thinking well, that like, guy might have like died from alcohol poisoning. <laughs> it's it's very possible. He gets very drunk. Uh huh. Um, I don't know. It could be just like um, the when end of they're an era. when they're specifically with their neighbors. Like there's the point where they they come into play like mahjong, and um, she ends up hiding in his room because she didn't want to have them know she was there mm-hmm. even though there's absolutely no reason for her to hide like she lives next door she could have just said oh i was coming to pick something up but it could almost be like like a parental thing like doing it uh without your parents knowing i guess uh-huh. keeping it hidden from people and then when they finally move away that's when uh you know they move back into the houses opposite each other not knowing that or maybe it doesn't mean anything i could be wrong though i don't know i, don't I didn't know. make the movie um, he says something. Or I did I don't make the movie. I think I said that. Yeah, it's it's a hard film to talk about. Um, period. I think. I think we did a good job though. Yeah, I, I I think we we did a solid job. I like it. I'm I'm beginning to realize that I might love this movie. Um, I don't know if I can go that far yet, but I definitely really like it. Good job. You made a good movie, dude. Uh, awesome. Has he made anything else good? Uh yeah, he made Chunking Express, which I want to see, and I've heard that's great. Chunking. Um, yeah, Chunking Express. Chungus. Um, <laughs> this is part of an unofficial tetralogy of films. I don't know how interconnected they are, but they're all about people falling in love or whatever. Um, and twenty six, twenty forty six is one of them. Yeah, twenty forty six is one, and one of them is called Happy Together, and the other one is uh. That's that's a um, that's a pop song. One of them's coming out this year. It's called Blossoms. Is another sequel, quote unquote, to this film. Um, nice. So yeah, and also it was nominated for the Palme d'Or. It did not win it, but uh, Tony Lung, who played Mr. Chow, won Best Actor at Cannes for this movie. Really so good job. I I think you did good, but I I believe that uh, girls better. She is kind of incredible in this. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see her in Police Story and then see this. It's like watching Adam <laughs> well, Sandler. I didn't know it was the same one. person. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's her name again? Her actress name, Maggie Chung, is her name. Maggie. I think she's she might be retired now. Um, I believe there is a quote of her somewhere saying, I peaked with this movie and like she retired because she was so good in it or something. She's like, I'm not going to be that good again, so I'm just out. But yeah. I don't know. Good. I I hope that was a reasonable start to the series, the season. Yeah. Are you yep. satisfied with that? Okay. Yes. So Are you entertained? Um All right. This is now the portion of the episode in which we answer questions from fans. And um Ari is going to be the one reading these. I believe that's how this works is whoever didn't recommend yep. or yeah he's not recommending so if you would like to leave us questions we have a subreddit make sure you look at the link in the description today? or just go to r slash postpone we do we have two questions one of which i stole from somewhere else should i look on the subreddit for them or yeah look look for one of them on the subreddit and i'll send you the other from one 20 days ago 
what movies have in some way shaped your personality? Uh, a hot lead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's actually a, a fair answer. Yeah. But yeah, that's actually a fair answer. Well, that Donovan was damned really more so. I'm not gonna lie, but I I really genuinely appreciate that Wes put so much effort into something that was not his school project. But I guess below the surface of being a school project, a hot lead is really just our thing. Uh-huh. Um, yes. Even though we made it for school, I think it was it's just our excuse. excuse to actually make something. Yeah. And that's why Dawn of the Dam never got made is because it had no deadline. So <sighs> should have been our um, A-Push music video. Yeah, this is a good question. This is a very good question. Um, this I'm is a very good question. It's gonna. I need to like think though first. I'm gonna look at my ten out of tens because I know that some of those are. I don't think that for me personally, many movies, if any, have shaped me or my personality. However, there are some films that have shaped the way I look at other films or my reviews of films, I think. Mm -hmm. For example, I think Maholland is one of them. Mm. You know, it, it like Maholland is one of the ones that kind of like taught me to like, you know, I'm still, you know, like confusion is okay. It's a David Lynch movie. And yeah. I feel like, you know, a lot of times I'd reject confusion. Like in this, this movie tradition. is an example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, of course, I don't do, it's not like I don't do that anymore. I did it uh, heavily for this movie, but I think, you know, the inspiration of confusion and like, you know, making a movie a puzzle, like has elements in other places I see now. And I'm able yeah. to appreciate it more from Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd say for me, like, I don't know, it's hard to pinpoint because I don't try to like, like we talked about some like the role models question, but like, I don't try to model myself off of things I see. Um, but I'm sure it affects you in like ways you can't, uh, yeah, yeah. ways you don't, you wouldn't know. But I'd say for me, I don't know if it's affected my personality, but it's reflective of what I would like to be or what I guess was like Sing Street is like, I don't know. I, that movie as like a, as like a high school movie is probably the high school movie that has resonated with me the most as mm -hmm. to, you know, that's not what my high school experience was like at all. But yeah. like that's you didn't go to an Irish Catholic school. No, I did not. No, um, disappointing. I know. Uh, but you know that kind of like represents like what, how like how I felt. Uh, I guess like as a kid. So I, I think it does a good job of doing that. Um, yeah. As a movie that's just like representative of me and really um, appealed to me. Yeah. Look, I there are movies that I intend to make that would really be the the accurate answer for this <laughs> of like reflecting what. I think my experience was growing up, but I don't know. Um, I do think that a big part of answering this is kind of like nostalgia. Um, the movies that I am nostalgic for, I think could be nostalgic because of how important they were to me at one point. And they're like, they're really minor aspects of my personality. Like I adore Finding Nemo and I could probably credit Finding Nemo with being the reason why I like the ocean as much as I do which is to say like a minimal amount but it's like a fascination <laughs> i guess um but that doesn't really make me that's just kind of like i know that is why i like the ocean um i know that raiders of the lost ark is the reason i want to make movies so i guess that's probably the biggest answer because that's, yeah, that's kind fair. of the major aspect of my personality um mario galaxy unironically <laughs> would be a good answer for this mm -hmm. because that game 
I don't know, that made me, that made me appreciate the amount of effort that goes into making something good. Because I remember even as a child thinking like someone made this, someone sat down and obviously not one person, but people had to sit down and animate these things and think about the way they flow together and stuff. And that was, I guess, the closest I had come at that point to realizing, oh, people make things. They don't just exist, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Backyardigans is in my 10 out of 10s. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think Ari has a good point about movies changing the way that I view movies. I, I have examples of those, but that's also just most movies. Every time I watch a film, I think, oh, Okay, that's that's how good movies are then, and like the scale yes. changes, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's a very good question. The loss yeah, of pastor made question. me change my opinion to the Catholic Church. Um, <laughs> it made me convert. <laughs> yeah, um, we have another question though. If we are, if you guys are satisfied with answering, I, that I one. think I'm satisfied. It's just it's hard to. I know that movies affect who I am. It's just hard to say which ones did and didn't. You know. Um, Are there any films you have genuinely been upset about not enjoying as much as you might have expected? Okay. Um, I mean... Yes. Yes, for sure. Like, for example, I will enjoy Tenet more if I, wa- as, if I watch it again. Yeah. And I, I, I wish I... Like, even watching it, I feel like my... When, in, like, when this question says as much as you might have expected, I feel like it's more like as I watch it and like dang, I feel like I should like it more as I'm watching it, which is a weird feeling to have. Yeah. But, you know, things like, like, some of the things that, like, I'm not able to appreciate as much as, like, you know, as much as, like, Nick, for example, like, what's the one that he wanted us to, uh, Doctor Strange Love? I, yeah. I wanted to appreciate it more than I did, but I was not the biggest fan of that movie. Dude, that as, episode destroyed me. <laughs> <laughs> as close as he holds that movie to his heart, you know. But it's, like, it's good. I, it's not even like I love the movie. It's just I feel like, yeah, I was just surprised that you disliked a Kubrick film. There's nothing wrong with that, though. I'd say for me, one of the ones that like I can think of is yeah. uh, It Follows. Like, because I love the soundtrack for that movie and like, that 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 composer he started off making like video game music and like I, I love that composer so much and i heard the soundtrack and i was like this soundtrack is amazing and it, i'm like this movie's moody it's a horror movie it's gotta have everything i like and then i watched it and i'm like this is this is not great in my opinion and like i haven't I, seen it have i no you haven't but like i think about things in that movie and i appreciate like how it's made and there's some cool stuff that it does and the music is so fantastic and i think about it and i'm like wow i'd like really want to like that more but then i can't bring myself around to watching again because it's like yeah i don't i didn't like it (laughs) yeah um you know like i i have movies that i describe as my favorite movie that i haven't seen Mm -hmm. right so i will get to the point where i think oh yes this is a movie that i know i will love and normally I'm right about it. Um, I genuinely thought that Amadeus would be a masterpiece, and it's more just a good movie. Um, which <laughs> I guess would be, be a masterpiece. That movie's like a comedy. Like no, I I was aware of that. I'm well aware of. I I don't think it's bad at all. It's no, just, no, no, no. It, it's, it's funny. It's it's, it's, it's silly. It's, it's honestly really great, actually. But it's not the thing that I thought it would be when I watched it. Right? Or I'll watch. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, classic movies. Like, Casablanca. It's a good movie, 
I, I just don't understand. Like, I understand that it is a good film. I just can't get myself to think of it the same way as I think of things like Citizen Kane, right? Yeah, I agree. The Casablanca <laughs> is not Citizen Kane. Um, it's Definitely more just not. a guy drunkenly goes like, I like Casablanca uh, I miss Paris, you know. Kane. Yeah, what did you say? I like Casablanca more than Citizen Kane. Really? Really, interesting. Yes. We should Good do well, a, a I think showdown. Citizen Kane's extremely overrated. Then again, I think most people do, like, understand that, you know, it's of its, like, it's important film, like, yeah. for the sake of film in general. However, like, as a interested... movie... I think I'd I'd definitely rather watch Casablanca than Citizen Kane. You've only Kane seen Citizen one. Kane once, right? See, I think I've seen them both once. Is it possible you could change your opinion? I mean, of course, if I watch them both, but I don't think I don't think Citizen Kane will overtake uh, Casablanca. Yeah, that's fair enough. But yeah, I, mean, I don't think the story is as interesting. I'm I'm genuinely worried. I can't even say this because it it just barely resonates with this question that no one asked us. But I'm I'm genuinely kind of worried that the room is not going to be as funny as i think it's going to be yeah you know same. i i worry that the the memes have kind of just like surpassed anything else that we don't know about it but i i still hold hope yes. i mean i don't know I, that many I memes that i only you. know the doggy one hi doggy <laughs> um <laughs> oh, hi mark i do um i do think that this is just a completely unrelated answer but i'm I'm at the point where I I need Wes to like the film Jaws when he sees it. And if he doesn't <laughs> like it, I will literally like sit down with him and explain as the movie. I will provide live commentary oh, you as to the- why the movie's good. You would have done the same thing if I hadn't liked Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Yeah, but there's no way you could dislike that. Like, I believe that is a <laughs> film that you'd have to have no soul to dislike, you know? Um legitimately if you don't like raiders i don't think you're a human but <laughs> but that's something else but like jaws i could understand i don't understand it but i could see someone not liking it i would just like jihad myself into making them understand it you know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> what does this mean i'm scared yeah. i'm just saying you better like the movie Be <laughs> um with that, I guess yes. that's all we have to say about these questions. Thank you right. to Wes's dad and yes. the guy who I stole this from on Reddit. Uh-huh. Uh, again, if you would like your question read, please go to the subreddit. Or or you can ask on the uh, Pwn Instagram. Pwn on, listening, I believe it is. Yeah, you can DM a question or you can answer the things. Well, whatever it is, you can find it in the, the show description notes. below. Yeah. And speaking of the description below, that is also where you will find our next recommended movie, um, which we Anthony, actually have Anthony, two of. Anthony, we have Anthony, two of. I, dude, I'm getting there. I'm just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> which we have two of because we are not watching Sea Wolf. Uh, if, if if the listeners remember the lore of Poe's poem, which you definitely don't and shouldn't, um, you're supposed to have uh, a man named Anthony on a few episodes ago. Uh, he was unable to come, so we are having him now. <laughs> We're having sorry. him now. Sorry. <laughs> that's not Bro, funny. I'm that's sorry. why you should pick up gay Viagra, okay? Um, <laughs> Jesus. So he is, he is coming now on onto the show. Um, 
like currently at this moment it's very gross um but <laughs> for the next episode we, we will nothing to deserve this <laughs> we will be watching uh the movie greyhound from 2020 that is his pick for a movie we'll be watching greyhound make sure you watch starring the one... man from polar express yes make sure you watch the one with the guy from polar express uh but for my next movie um boys i don't think we're any um it's no it's no surprise that an election is coming up in australia and um (laughs) (laughs) and to honor this uh, election that is coming up in austria um we will be watching a movie that you know has nothing to do with the no what? Dude, there's actually an election in Austria this year. <laughs> I fucking told you, okay? <laughs> okay, I am, Wes? I, I am genius. I am genius. Um, so for this next movie, we'll be doing a movie that, you know, it's not like, it's not a political movie, but it is about, like, elections, I guess. Um, we'll be watching the Peter Sellers movie, Being There. Uh, oh, so, um, He did it. I did it. Okay. I did it. Um, so make sure you I'm watch excited for this one. Make sure you have you seen it? No. Make sure you watch both those movies for the next episode of the Postponed Podcast. And also make sure that you give this episode a you can't rate episodes. Um make sure that you give this podcast a high rating. Leave us a review on whatever platform you be listening on. Why can't you? Uh, I don't know. Um Anyways, continue. Yeah, because we are a holistic podcast. If you like one Can episode, I just say you'll that, like the that all. Apple Podcasts also doesn't let you do individual um, thumbnails for each episode. This is correct. So people that only listen on podcasts and not Spotify or, or you're Outcast, missing the art. Overcast. Overcast. And also, Apple Podcasts yeah. is a very good app for listening it to is. podcasts, and it is. It is good for rating. Continue to listen to this podcast wherever you listen to it, and also listen to it on every other source so that we can make that dough, so that Ari can make a lot of money and pay me and Nick three bucks. Um, Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to this episode of Postpone number 46, the opening to a beautiful season three. Um, Four? Season four. 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 I can do math. Um, (laughs) And... uh, in the words of Jackie Chan. Wait, bye-bye. hold on. What do you want? What year is it? 2020. It's the sixth anniversary of Pwn, the day that this goes up, I think. Oh, happy birthday, us. Hey. Oh, it's the day after. Never mind, it's not our birthday. Oh, well. Sure. It's all right. Close enough. Happy birthday, us. Woo! Okay. Bye. <laughs>